Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Joe Turner, and I'm the host of City Manager Unfiltered, a podcast by a city manager for city managers and other public sector executives. I'm broadcasting to you from lovely Wichita, Kansas, the air capital of the world, which has been my home now for about the past five years. I'm a SoCal transplant, and uh, I can't say enough good things about the people of Kansas and Kansas itself. It's just a, a great place to live. People are just absolutely amazing. And um, this is my first episode, my first episode of this podcast, and I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you I was nervous or had some anxiety or stress related to it. You know, I'm not sure if I'm committing a professional suicide by podcast. Uh, I have some insecurities and fear of failure and falling on my face with this thing. And, you know, there's imposter syndrome and all kinds of different feelings and emotions that go through you when you are embarking on something you've never done before and you're putting yourself out there to the world to be uh, judged and assessed and critiqued. But I'm also very excited about the potential of this endeavor and where this journey is taking me. I've had just an absolutely tremendous experience over the last eight months or so. And it's been a very organic experience that's brought me to this point in time where I'm doing a podcast. And I guess I should probably back up and, and talk to you all a little bit about that and how we got here. About eight months or so ago, late August, early September, I started posting on LinkedIn on a regular basis. Uh, up to that point, I had used LinkedIn and had an account for several years, but hardly ever used it. Didn't have really any connections on it. Didn't really quite understand the platform. I kind of actually had some loathing of the platform. It just seemed like it was a platform where everyone patted each other on the back. A buddy of mine calls it uh, trading awesomes. You're awesome. I'm awesome. We're both awesome. We're all awesome. And it was really fluffy. I, I don't really, I'm not really into trading leadership memes or talking about servant leadership or you know, what I call toxic positivity. And, you know, everyone wants to put up these, you know, uplifting motivational comments and so forth. And it just didn't really seem like there's a lot of substantive or substance to what was being posted. But I felt like I needed to be active on the platform to, you know, for networking purposes and for professional advancement and just for career opportunities. And, and so I, I started giving it another shot. What really changed is for Several years now, I've followed news stories about city managers getting fired, uh, resigning, uh, scandals, successes, uh, trying to learn from mistakes, trying to steal good ideas to maybe implement them in my communities to achieve success and, and bolster my resume. And so I'm reading these crazy stories in the newspaper about these city managers and these situations that they're in. And I figured, well, I guess I'll just start posting them to LinkedIn. And I started infrequently posting. And when I did, I seemed to get a good response uh, people seem to um, just engage with my content. And then I started posting more frequently. Like I said, late August, early September, I started posting on a, on a much more frequent basis. And I went from having fewer than 100 connections or followers to over 4,000 in the span of nine months. And during that period of time, I've just had so many people, I mean, dozens of people either comment or send me messages about how they're grateful I'm posting this content that makes them feel like they're not alone that it makes them feel good to know other people are going through similar issues. People are just saying, hey, thank you for speaking out on these issues and saying things that others won't say out loud and, and things that we're thinking but we can't post or don't feel comfortable posting. I've had people say that they're afraid to like my content, but they follow me on a daily basis. And I just got a sense that so many city managers out there and public sector executives who feel so alone and isolated, they felt like a connection to the content that I was posting and so what's fascinating about this is that I never had any intention of 
trying to be an influencer or a thought leader in the profession. I was just simply posting some articles with some opinions and it just blew up and became a, a thing unto itself very organically. And it's turned into this very fulfilling exercise or endeavor. I've been able to meet so many people on LinkedIn and start developing friendships and professional relationships with good quality people. It's just fascinating. You know, I, I talked earlier about one of the fears I had is of imposter syndrome. You know, I'm a city administrator in a town of 2,500 people. I've only been in city management now for about four years. And, you know, it's like, who the hell am I to really be giving some advice to people? And so you have this imposter syndrome, self-doubt, you know, that you might feel like you're a fraud or that you're not worthy of, of commenting on a certain topic or that you don't have the expertise. But I can tell you that that imposter syndrome kind of goes away a little bit when you got city managers and county managers and jurisdictions of 100,000, 500,000, a million people messaging you on LinkedIn and saying, hey, um, man, you're doing a great job. We really appreciate how you represent the profession. Uh, thank you for being an advocate. Thank you for saying the things out loud that a lot of us want to say but don't feel comfortable saying. And then, you know, I have individuals who are making, you know, over $150,000, over $200,000 a year. And they're asking me to look at their contracts because they want to tighten up their language or they're getting ready to go into a performance review or they want to do a renegotiation. It's it's amazing. It's flattering. It's humbling. And then, you know, I'll get individuals who say, hey, I, I, I read your articles. I'm talking about individuals who are in much larger cities who have been in this game a lot longer than I have. And they're saying as a result of your articles and your posts on LinkedIn, I went to my council and I beefed up my severance clause and I got you know a better contract protections and added some other provisions to my contract. I mean, that's a an amazing feeling to have. You know, I have multiple managers have contacted me and they've asked me questions. And so I do like the you know the mailbag question segments on, on LinkedIn. And you know, we get a lot of engagement from other city managers and other professionals in the field. And they say, you know, hey, I got more value out of your posts and the feedback on your posts from other managers than I get out of my membership in ICMA. And I'm not trying to take a shot at ICMA or, or give them a dig or anything like that. I'm just telling you the feedback I'm getting from managers in my message inbox or, you know, on my text messages. It's it just, you know, there's just so much thanks and appreciation for what I've been doing. And people have been asking me to do a podcast and do more. And so I just feel like there's this overwhelming sense, this pervasive feeling in our profession that we're alone or that, you know, these professional city managers feel alone. And I want you to know that you're not alone. And that's one of the, the most amazing things I've felt with respect to the LinkedIn page that I've been posting on. Like I said, there was never any intent to, to really become anything. It was just one day I started posting these articles. But the thing that I've come to really enjoy the most is the sense of camaraderie, the sense of connectedness, the the building of relationships, the building of just a community of people who are genuinely interested in seeing each other succeed and want to help each other. One of the things I really respect and appreciate about our profession is that so many city managers are willing to drop whatever they're doing to help another uh, in need or who has a question or is looking for guidance. I mean, I've never been big timed by another city manager. Everyone's just so incredibly gracious. I kind of just want to take this to another level. And I guess that brings me to what this is all about. Um, you know, I, this is kind of an evolving process. But if I had to boil it all down to what I'm trying to accomplish into say three easy bullet points, I guess I would go with the following. One is I want to create a stronger community for city managers and public sector executives. Two, I want to help city managers with their professional and personal development. And three, 
city managers need some sort of advocacy component, some sort of mechanism that goes to bat for them when they're being dragged through the mud or being mistreated by their city councils or when they're being fired in humiliating fashion. I think something needs to be done in that area. I'm not quite sure what the scope and what the construct or framework of that's going to be. But that is the third component of what I'm, I'm, I want to tackle here, and that is greater advocacy for the city manager as a professional. Okay, so let's break down these three components in more detail, and I'm going to start with the whole community building. And I want to talk to you about community versus audience, right? So I've been posting on LinkedIn now for about nine months. It's primarily me talking to people, right? And primarily it's an audience-based sort of component. I do get feedback and there is engagement from uh, some members and I do have a pretty active discussions in my comments and posts. So there is the, the seeds of a community, right? And people are feeling connected and it has generated some sense of connection with people and, and what have you. But it's primarily an audience sort of based dynamic because many people in the profession I know read my material but they don't comment and they don't engage. And there's a variety of reasons for that. A lot of folks are just fr afraid. In fact, I literally got an email today from somebody who says, I read your post in secret. <laughs> and I just had to, to chuckle about that um, because there's so many folks who just aren't sure what to do or what to say and or be associated with me because I have some controversial opinions or viewpoints. Um, you know, I, I've taken some shots at ICMA, for example. And there's some people who probably don't want to um, comment or, or be, be seen as, uh, you know, associated with me for fear of what that might do to them and their other relationships. I mean, it's a very interesting dynamic of, of what's going on. But my, my point is primarily audience, you as a uh, listener to this podcast, you are part of an audience. You're not really part of a community. And I want to create community. I want to bring people together and have more engagement, more interaction, more two-way communication. And that will create stronger relationships, right? That's going to create uh, better networking and that's going to expose people to new ideas and make them better individuals and better executives and help with career advancement and all these things. Community is a very powerful thing because uh, it creates these powerful connections, right? You, it's one thing to talk to somebody in a one-way medium. It's another thing to have back and forth dialogue and interaction it's just so powerful. It's just so powerful. And I really think that we need that with so many people feeling alone and on an island because we all know that we can't really go home and complain to our spouse or, or whatnot. We can't complain to our mayor or council members. We're not going to complain to our subordinates. The only people who really understand what we're going through are our peers. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And so if we can get into an environment where we have more back and forth two-way communication, I think it's going to be healthier for everybody. I've had numerous people contact me through the LinkedIn uh, messaging platform who just seem to want to commiserate. You know, they're, they're getting fired. They had been, they just got fired. Uh, they're going through a really public situation or they feel they're on the verge of getting fired and they're scared and they need someone to talk to. They need someone to commiserate with because they're, they just are scared. I mean, that's what it gets down to the brass tacks of it. They're scared of what's going to happen. How am I going to put food on my table? I think we all need a place where we can be more vulnerable, more open, and more willing to communicate with people who understand what we're going through and not having it bottled in and having that stress and that negative uh, impact on our mental health and our psyche and our well-being. You know, there's a really cool story I want to share with you. It involves uh, Micah Gaudet. He's the uh, um, deputy, I believe he's a deputy city manager over in Maricopa, Arizona. Him and I have uh, connected on, on LinkedIn and we started you know, having conversations back and forth. 
And then a few weeks ago, he, he hit me up. He's like, hey, Turner, I'm going to be up in Kansas City attending this conference. And I'm like, really? That's awesome. Let's, uh, let's see if we can get together. And so, you know, KC's about three, three plus hours from Wichita. And so we made it happen. I drove up there, interacted with, uh, met with Micah, and we, and we interacted. We had some conversations with Joe Fry, uh, a gentleman who's uh, in, in Colorado, and he was also attending the conference. And, you know, Micah and I and, and Joe were talking about chat GPT and AI and its impact on the public sector. And, you know, me and Micah had a conversation and I'm like, well, hey, you should like, you know, do something on this. You're passionate about it. You should, you know, help share that knowledge with other people like me and other people in the profession, because there's many of us out there who are trying to get more information about it, but just don't know where to start. So, you know, Micah comes back. He's inspired by this conversation that we had and he puts together this chat GPT artificial information LinkedIn sort of seminar seminar discussion. And he had close to like 200 people sign up to that a huge turnout. And um, so many people were just excited about it. And he got to build connections. And I'm sure he's gotten other connections and requests to meet other people and interact. And it's just this totally organic experience where now he's building stronger relationships with other people as a result of our interaction, which was the seed for him doing this seminar on chat GPT. So I really think communicate or, or sorry, building a community is going to be a huge impact on the profession. And it's something I really want to get involved in. I'm not sure exactly the shape it's going to take, but that's a major thing I really want to work on is building that community. And I'm really excited about that. So number two is going to be personal and professional development. Let's talk about that now. Now, personal development means different things to people. Uh, I went on one website and they had it broken down to five uh, core categories, uh, your mental health or well-being, social health and well-being, spiritual, emotional, physical. I'm not a gym rat or a nutritionist. I'm not a mental health expert. I'm not a very spiritual person. So I'm not going to try to put myself out there as some sort of expert or guru on the topic of personal development. That's not what I'm aiming for at all. What I'm looking to do is be a facilitator of discussions uh, on these topics, uh, maybe bringing in experts to have conversations about these, um, these areas, because I do believe that as city managers and public sector executives, we need to put ourselves in the best position possible to succeed in our jobs. And we face a lot of challenges, right? And so, you know, we talk about, you know, our mental health, uh, burnout is a huge topic that's really gotten a lot of attention on my posts when I post on LinkedIn, work-life balance, that sort of stuff, setting boundaries. I really want to look into also mindset. Um, I really think mindset is a powerful dynamic that is really um, underappreciated or not appreciated by most people something I would like to explore. But again, personal development, it's something I really think we need to tackle. Uh, I'm even talking about even like personal finances, maybe, because I think that we need to be very deliberate in how we approach our finances, because tomorrow's not promised in this business. And you never know when you're going to lose your paycheck and get fired. And so if you have that financial discipline to have your your house in order, you can better absorb the shock of a sudden job loss or to go several months without income uh, in the event that you are fired um, or that you separate or, or what have you. I really want to look at personal development and then that leads into professional development. And I realize that many of you are going to get tired of hearing me say this over and over again, but I want to provide you all with the career tools and resources to help make you a better executive so you can rack up the victories, polish your resume, dominate interviews, land your dream job, and win your contract negotiations. At the end of the day, it is my desire 
to provide you with information that is going to give you a leg up against the competition. I want to be a resource for ambitious public sector executives. I want the people who are really trying to level up to get something of value from what I'm saying on the podcast or what we're putting on a future website or what I'm putting on LinkedIn. I want to help the ambitious public sector executive level up and advance their career, achieve more um, professional success, get paid better, put their family in a more secure financial situation, all those different things. We're going to look at stuff like cover letters and resumes and interview tips and uh, things you should do here and things you shouldn't do there. I want to look at talking to recruiters and have recruiters on the podcast to be interviewed so they can explain their processes and we can kind of pull back the curtain a little bit, take away some of the mystery so that you as a candidate who may have never been through a recruitment process or haven't gone through a recruitment process with this recruiter or this company will have better insight into it and can be better prepared and be more successful in the process. I want to talk about contract negotiations, uh, talk about important provisions you need to have, uh, contract mistakes that I see, things that I think you need to consider in this situation or that situation. I've said this time and time again, the number one responsibility you have to you and your family is to mitigate the risk of this profession, which is a very volatile. And the way you mitigate the risk is by ensuring that you're adequately compensated for the skills and expertise you bring to the job and that you minimize the downside potential of a untimely separation, whether it be getting fired or terminated without cause or, or just a you know, typical resignation uh, where you guys just decide to go your own separate ways. We need to have conversations about how to protect you and your family so that you do not face the financial setbacks that may occur through a separation. We do not want to take steps back, okay? We want to take steps forward, uh, and we want to be constantly progressing. And the way you do that is by being prepared and having the knowledge going into your negotiations uh, so that you can ensure that your family is protected to the best of your ability. We're never going to be able to completely mitigate risk. We're never going to be able to completely remove it altogether. There's always going to be some element of risk in this profession, but it is incumbent upon each of us to mitigate that risk as well as we can so that we are in the best position to succeed as city managers. We don't ever want to be in a situation where our headspace isn't clear and we feel vulnerable or we feel like we are going to be in a very dire situation if we get fired or if we get you know, pushed out or whatever the case may be. I want to talk about networking and, and personal branding, uh, LinkedIn strategies and tips and so forth and so on. There are so many different topics that we can discuss and help you advance your uh, career and your professional profile. I want to explore all these different topics. One of the things I'm really interested in doing is having city managers come on or other public sector executives come onto the podcast and talk about their successes. I want to create many case studies so that you as a new city manager in a new location, you can almost go to the grocery store, so to speak, the grocery store of case studies, and you can say, oh, I heard about this on the podcast, and I heard about this, this strategy and this tactic, and this worked well for that city manager. And maybe you can draw inspiration from these successes and rack up some quick, easy victories and really put yourself on a good footing with your new city council. For example, a buddy of mine, he recently became a city administrator. It's his first gig. And he discovered that the city was being grossly overcharged on their general property and liability insurance. We're talking tens of thousands of dollars. They're being billed for buildings that don't exist. The valuations on the buildings that they do have are grossly inflated. 
and uh, so forth and so on. And he's probably going to end up saving his community 50 grand. Now, for a first-time city administrator to save a city 50 grand or so in this first year, and that's a reoccurring savings, by the way, right? That's a huge success to have in your first six months on the job. Um, so if I could put together a inventory, so to speak, of these success case studies, I really think it can add some value to the city managers who are looking to rack up some wins and achieve success. This brings us to the third goal I'm trying to accomplish, and that is the advocacy on behalf of city managers as professionals. You know, I'm sick and tired of watching city managers get humiliated in public by councils that are just out of control. You got city councils that are flagrantly violating the law. They're violating the open meeting laws. They're planning these uh, terminations in secret outside of the meeting, and they're ambushing our executives in public session because completely blindsiding them. I mean, there was one uh, city manager recently who in the same meeting, at the beginning of the meeting, he was awarded a 20-year service award by the mayor. And then 45 minutes later, a majority contingent on the council, just out of nowhere, fired him. It was one of the most unprofessional things I'd ever seen. And yet nobody's out there standing up for the city manager. Nobody's out there defending the city manager. Nobody's speaking on their behalf. A buddy of mine was uh, recently fired five months into his job, fired with cause, which means that he no longer has a paycheck and he no longer has health insurance. He's the sole provider for his family. His wife has health issues. They have no insurance now. And he's scared. And I don't blame him. He's not sure what he's going to do. And when you're fired with cause and there's some allegations that are made in public that put a black cloud over your name, it's pretty difficult to get another job. So what is this individual going to do? He feels that he was fired on grounds that were illegitimate. He questions the veracity of some of the claims and the motives. He thinks that uh, there's something more at play than what the allegations are. And now he is stuck. What do you do? He consulted with a highly respected, well-regarded city manager in our region. And this person said, hey, you can't go scorched earth and criticize and attack the city for firing you, even if you feel you're a victim and they've been mistreated, because what happens is future cities might look at that and be fearful that you're going to attack them in the event there's a separation. So you're in a really uh, precarious position as a city manager. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. It's very difficult to fight battles. It's very difficult to clear your name because uh, no one's going to speak up for you. No one's defending you. And I really think that there needs to be a system in place whether it's an organization or whatnot that stands up for these city managers and goes to bat for them. You know, I've jokingly talked about the International Brotherhood of City Managers and forming a union for city managers. And I think there's some truth to that. I mean, I, I, I'm half joking when I, when I say that stuff on LinkedIn, but I'm also half serious because we need some protection. And I really think this is something that needs to be explored. It's something that I want to explore and possibly pursue. I'll give you a little bit of a background on my history. So in a past life, in my younger days, I used to be a political operative. I was a political activist. I worked on campaigns. I was a director of communications. I was heavily involved in uh, crafting narratives and getting the word out and generating earned media and so forth and so on, right? And there was a time, uh, I, I was a heavy hitter. So there was a time that if I knocked on your door, I was figuratively going to put a hurting on you. And I think what we need in this environment today is city managers need a third party who's going to go out and put a hurting on some people when it comes to getting their names dragged through the mud. There needs to be somebody advocating for and standing up on behalf of these city managers. I firmly believe that. 
a city manager can't go out there and make these claims or make these statements because then they get sullied by it. And there's that concern about the blowback with a future city hiring them. But me or another entity can act as a third party intermediary and basically go to bat for these city managers and stand up for you. And I think that's something that needs to be done. Again, I'm not really fully sure how we're going to flesh this out, but I have a lot of skill in this environment when it comes to um, uh, communicating with the media and getting the word out. And I think that's something that we really need to explore. And I'm really excited to see where this might go because I'm really tired of seeing city managers get abused like they are. And there's really no consequence for it. So to summarize, what I want to do is I want to create a community for city managers, right? Help us build stronger connections with each other. And I think that would be very healthy for all of us. I want to work on our personal and professional development. And then I want to work on creating a mechanism to provide greater advocacy and defense for city managers who are being mistreated. And those are the three big picture items of what I'm hoping to accomplish with uh, this podcast and, and where this is going and how this is going to evolve. So here is my humble request of each of you listening to my podcast. If you support what I'm doing, if you like the message I'm sending out, if you think I'm filling a void that has been neglected and you think that someone needs to stand up and speak on behalf of the professional city manager, then please support me. Please share my podcast with your friends and colleagues. Please uh, give a positive review, positive rating. Um, as many of you know, I announced my resignation with my current employer back in mid-March, and I'm currently in the job search hunt. I have no idea if this is going to hurt me or not. I suspect that it's going to hurt me in some recruitments, and I'm, I guess I'm kind of betting that it's going to help me in others. I don't know. But I'm taking on a lot of risk with this. It's probably not the smartest time to start a podcast, but I would gratefully appreciate your support if you think that I'm filling a void. I have a lot of people saying that I'm, I'm doing important work. So if you think I'm doing important work, please support me in this effort. You know, Earlier I shared that there's a lot of insecurities and, and fears that come with starting a podcast like this you know, am I going to fall on my face and get 100 downloads or 200 downloads? I hope not, because if that's the case, I'm going to retire. Uh, this is too much work for uh, 200 downloads. Um, but, you know, you don't know if your voice is going to be annoying to the listeners. What if I just absolutely bomb and I have the suckiest podcast in podcasting history? What if there's a huge listener interest in the beginning on the first episode, but then nobody wants to download in my future episodes and it falls like Enron stock? That would be brutal. I guess I'm just jumping in the deep end and hoping I can keep my head above water. So if you have any constructive feedback, criticism, please let me know because I'm always looking to improve. And uh, I know this is not going to be my best effort, but it's my best effort right now. And I'm hoping to get better with time. So I'm hoping to join that you'll join me on this journey. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I will see you next time. <laughs>